chapter 5. Need to set up for the next little bit. Okay. Well, it's, uh, I'd say it's good to see everybody tonight, but I don't see hardly anybody except the residential community. It's their smiling faces and their joyful presence that has kept me going uh, since, uh, since March because I miss everybody at CT very, very, very much. I can't tell you how much I miss you uh, because it's just too much. Uh, and now um, we have, I uh, don't know if you know, Dora had an, a window to fly back uh, to Croatia, so she's gone back to be with her family, uh, at least until she's off furlough. Uh, so we're just missing Dora, and then Amy, as you know, had gone up to be with her family. Thankfully, she t- still tunes in and, uh, and all that, but uh, just miss you all. I just want you to know that. You know, I saw Jovan the other day. I had to take my car in uh, for servicing. Uh, and if you, need, if you have a car and it needs servicing, I can tell you exactly where you need to go. Uh, but uh, anyway, I had, had to see him, and uh, don't tell anybody. It's one of the reasons why we have a closed Zoom meeting rather than an open Zoom meeting, uh, but I had to give him a hug. Uh, so, uh, uh, but, you know, don't break that news to anybody, uh, but we've both, you know, been quarantined for more than 14 days. Neither of us are sick, so uh, just couldn't resist. He couldn't resist. Uh, it's because we love each other, uh, and that's the great thing about our church. Uh, anyway, for that We're going to go to uh, Romans chapter 5. Uh, I'm going to spend uh, this week and really next week uh, finishing talking about how we sustain uh, during this time, you know, on that subject. Uh, we're still going to keep the service called Sustain, uh, but I have a sense that uh, after Pentecost, which is the 31st of May, uh, a lot of things are going to be changing in terms of preaching and things like that. Uh, I'll start a new Sunday sermon series, and then the first uh, Thursday of June, I'll start a new teaching uh, for this, uh, for Thursday nights. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know exactly what it's going to be yet, um, but uh, I'm sure God will speak to us in some great ways. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, looking at that, uh, Romans chapter 5. Before I read, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much. We appreciate your word, and it's so important for us during this crazy time in which we're living. And so I pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you'd come and surround us and encourage us wherever we are and speak to our hearts. And I pray, Lord, for a special revelation for each person here, uh, that each person would see what you are doing in their lives during this season of lockdown, this season of the, the pandemic. We love you, we worship you, and we praise you. And we pray all this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Therefore, Paul has just been talking about how we're justified by faith. And he says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, 
because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. May God bless to us this reading from His Holy Word. It's, it is a crazy time. I mean, I know that many people are struggling. Uh, many people in our church family are wrestling, you know, wrestling with the isolation, uh, wrestling with the challenges of it all. Um, and, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, we just, we kind of wither a little bit for lack of fellowship. Uh, it's great to connect by Zoom uh, and everything, but it really isn't the same as being able to give a big hug to your friend, share a meal together, uh, and fellowship together. But at the same time, we need to understand that God is at work in us, whether we know it or not, uh, whether we see it or not, God is at work in you right now, and God wants to produce something in you that as you come out of this time of lockdown, you will be stronger, uh, your character will have deepened, you will have grown uh, and that you will be better equipped for the future that is going to face all of us. Because the future is going to change. We don't know how yet. We don't know how it's going to be different. But we know that it's going to be different. Uh, the very fact of the economic changes that are going on, uh, the seismic shift in the global economy, uh, the fact that uh, different parts of the world are going to be hit by this virus at different times, as now it's Brazil's turn, sadly. Uh, many other places in Africa are predicted to really be hit hard by this virus. Uh, and until there's a vaccine, which will, you know, most likely we're all kind of hopeful and we say maybe in the autumn, uh, and a lot of people are working on this, but before we know that we have a vaccine that actually works, it's going to be probably a year to 18 months, uh, if ever. And so, I mean, these are the realities that we're dealing with. So we don't know how it's going to change. But I do know that God is working in every single one of his children to produce something that will enable us to be resilient and thrive in whatever new world comes. And that's what we need. We need to be resilient. I mean, for, for so long, we've talked a lot about you know, prosperity and, and thinking about having more money or more resources. If you're a good Christian, you're going to grow in, in that, uh, you know, going from mountaintop to mountaintop. Uh, we've, we've heard that from glory to glory, you know, hundreds, thousands of sermons preached on these things. And, and there's truth in all of this. You know, it's not that it's, you know, you've been told a lie or anything, but actually the key to go from mountaintop to mountaintop is, you know, most people don't leap from mountain to mountain. You usually have to go through a valley. You need to be resilient. You need to be tough. You need to be strong. And that doesn't happen externally first. It happens internally. You need to be resilient on the inside. And that's one of the things that God is producing. That's one of the things God is doing in each of us if we cooperate. There's no guaranteed outcomes. There's no promises that you'll be more resilient. But I do believe that you'll be more resilient as you cooperate with the Lord. Uh, and there are reasons why I believe this. And that's here in this passage from Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 here tells us, first of all, Paul is telling us 
what qualities, what, <clears throat> what things each one of us has that has been provided by God. And every Christian has these things. Every single Christian has these things. So Paul tells us first what has God has provided for us. And then Paul tells us the process that God takes us through to bring us to that better place. To bring us to the better place, at least to have the hope that we will get to that better place. So let's look at the text very briefly and see what God has already provided us and see God's process so that we can cooperate with it during this time of lockdown, during this struggle that's produced by the COVID-19 situation globally, so that as we go through it and as we come out of it, we experience all that God has for us to experience. Pardon me. So he begins with, and he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. The first thing we all have as Christians, we have been justified by faith. Notice the past tense here. We have already been justified by faith. We're not going to be justified by faith in the future. We've already been justified by faith. Now, God continues to work that in us. So every time we sin, we repent, we turn away from that. We receive that justification all over again. It wipes away the sin. And what this means is that you don't have to worry about the mistakes you might make. So many times we focus on the things that we do wrong. We focus on our mistakes. We focus on how we might mess up in some way. And Paul is saying here, no, we've been justified by faith. The faith has been given to us. We've believed in Jesus Christ. We've trusted in him for our salvation. And we have received justification. So therefore, since we have been already justified by faith, you have justification. That's the first thing you have. That means you don't have to worry about the mistakes you might make. Now, that doesn't mean you go out and sin. You know, you all understand that. God takes sin seriously. And even though you've been justified by faith, he will still discipline us when we sin. Uh, so we don't get a free pass to go and sin all that we want to sin. But we have this justification by faith. We, since we have been justified by faith, notice what he says next. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. The second dynamic is that we have peace with God. In other words, it's not that God's not no longer out to kill us. What this means is that we have a relationship of wholeness, of shalom, the, the Old Testament word for peace, which means wholeness, healthiness. We have this relationship with God of peace through Jesus Christ. So right now, not only have we been justified by faith, but we have a relationship with God that's based on wholeness, health, well-being. And that's what God wants to produce in us. And we have this relationship and we have it through Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross, his resurrection, his ascension that we celebrate today on Ascension Day. Uh, we have, through all of what Jesus has done, we've got this peace with God. So this means that God is determined to produce well-being within you as you cooperate with him. Now, this doesn't mean that you'll never get sick. 
It doesn't mean that you'll never have a problem. It doesn't mean that you'll never have struggles. No, not at all. But it does mean that God is willing to work in every situation that you face to produce health, well-being, wholeness within you in the context of that relationship. Now, you don't have this wholeness outside of a relationship with God and Jesus Christ. You can't read self-help books and get it. You can't learn the top 10 tricks to wholeness and well-being. The only key for wholeness and well-being is a relationship with God, a relationship of peace founded on Jesus Christ. This means as you're going through this season, God wants to produce well-being within you as you continue in your relationship with Him. And when we looked at those strategies a few weeks ago for uh, sustaining during this time in lockdown, I mean, they're, they're all about relationship with God, really, how to live out in the fullness of that relationship. So we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. So not only do we have justification, not only do we have uh, the relationship with peace with the Father, we also have obtained access to God's grace. That means God's grace is covering your life right now. God's grace is surrounding your life right now. It goes back to justification. Not only are you declared righteous before God because you're justified, but also God is lavishing His grace upon you. I mean, many times we, we think that when we fall, God gets angry with us. But uh, that's only because we pretend to be adults when actually we're really nothing more than children compared to God. You know, I've seen a lot of parents with two-year-old kids uh, that are learning to walk. And you know what? I've never seen a parent in my entire life. I mean, it's, it's my entire life. I've never seen a parent of a two-year-old when that two-year-old's trying to walk and the two-year-old falls down, that the parent goes, oh, you stupid child, why did you fall down? Why haven't you learned how to walk? Every time the parent responds compassionately, uh, sometimes they laugh uproariously because it's quite funny. Uh, and frankly, I think that that's the way God responds to us. When we stumble, when we fall, uh, sometimes he laughs uproariously because sometimes we do some pretty funny things. Uh, and never does God respond in anger, but he responds in grace because that's the kind of dad that he is. So we, we have justification by faith. We have this relationship of peace with God. Uh, we've entered into God's grace by faith through Jesus Christ. Um, we have that. And... Paul says we stand by that grace. That grace is what enables us to keep going, to stand. Uh, it's not God's discipline. It's not his punishment. It's his grace that's upon us. And we stand in the grace of God because we are God's dearly loved children. Uh, and we have been given a hope of the glory of God in which we can rejoice. We know that one day... Jesus will come again, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. We know that one day the Jesus who ascended into heaven is the same Jesus who will come again. And we have a hope 
We have a hope that these bodies that are decaying right now, one day we'll get new bodies that will never decay. We have a hope that, you know, whereas in many times we're in slavery to uh, the powers that exist in the world or we feel like it, uh, we're not actually in slavery to them, but we feel like it. We feel like we're subject to all the junk that goes on in the world. One day we won't be. One day we'll be liberated completely from all the death and decay and sin and evil and everything in the world. We have that hope in that glory of God, and so we continue to live in that hope. So we have justification. We have a relationship of peace with God. We're standing in the grace of God, and we have hope that one day the future will be much better than the present, and one day the future will be exactly what God wants it to be. And we're living with that. We're living with that. Um, and now I want to skip down to the, the end to say another thing that we have here. Uh, Paul says here uh, at the end, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So an indicator of God's love for us is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us has, as Christians have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. This means that even though we have justification, even though we have a peace relationship with God, even though we stand in grace, even though we rejoice in the hope that we have of the glory of God that's going to come to us in future, uh, even though we have all these tremendous resources, we don't do any of this in our own strength. We have the Spirit of God living inside of us who enables us to live as God wants us to live, provided we choose to cooperate with Him. So these are the resources that God has given us to sustain us through this time that we're in and sustain us through the process that God is using in our lives right now to cause us to grow, to cause us to develop, uh, to become more mature. And let's see that process. Now, what is the process that God uses? Now, the process doesn't make sense unless you remember the other things, the justification, the peace, the grace, uh, the hope uh, of the glory of God in the future, uh, the love of God poured into us by the presence of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The process doesn't make sense without those things. That's why we talk about that first. So what is the pro process? He says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Now, that's kind of a, a crazy thing that Paul would rejoice in his sufferings. Uh, but I understand it a bit. I mean, it's been a hard go uh, for us, for many people during this time. But there's also, I have to say, a, a bit of me inside that's rejoicing because I know that God is at work. I know that God's doing stuff, not only in my life, but also in the world. I have a confidence in that. And so I can understand why he rejoices in suffering, but that's not why he rejoices in suffering. Notice this. We rejoice in suffering. Why? Because we know that suffering produces endurance. As we suffer we learn how to endure. As we suffer, we learn how to persevere. Um, you know, you don't have to really persevere. And, and for me, I don't have to persevere eating a cherry pie. 
Uh, it, it, that comes easy to me. I could eat several cherry pies uh, because I love them so much. I don't have to persevere through that. What I have to persevere through are times when I can't eat as much sugar as I'd like because my blood sugar is too high. Uh, or I can't do everything that I want to do. I can't go out as much as I'd like because we were in lockdown, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. I have to persevere through that. When I was sick in December and January, I had, to, I had to persevere through that suffering. I had to endure the suffering, and as I endured the suffering, I got tougher because of it. Now, I don't want it. I don't want to go back. I don't want to get sick again, but I know that I'm tougher now than I was when I went through the suffering. And I thought I was pretty tough before I went through the suffering, but I think I'm tougher now. Uh, that's what suffering does. It produces in us endurance. It can produce in us, if we cooperate with God, remembering those resources God has given us, it will produce resilience in us. The ability to keep going. The ability not to quit. The ability to persevere despite the odds against us. So Paul says, we rejoice in our sufferings, not because we're idiots, but because we know that our suffering produces endurance. And what happens when we endure? Endurance produces character. The most important thing in your life is your character. I've often said, and many have heard me say here, uh, I would be happy if every man in this church exceeded me in giftedness. Uh, I would be happy if every person, every person, every man, every woman became um, a better preacher than me, better teacher than me, uh, better giver than me, uh, better whatever, you know, more faith than I have. Uh, I wouldn't always like it, but I would rejoice in it. I would celebrate it. But you know, one thing I wouldn't celebrate is if I see people going beyond me in character. And it's not because I don't want everybody to go beyond me in character. In fact, I hope everybody goes beyond me in character after I'm dead. But if people start going beyond me in character who have been Christians for less amount of time than I've been a Christian, that means that I've stopped growing, that my character has stopped developing. Uh, and my character is more important to me than anything I do or I don't do. My character is more important to me than the size of church I pastor in. My character is of utmost importance because my character determines almost everything. Everything I do, everything I say, in some way, shape, or form is an outgrowth of my character. Well, okay, there are some things I do and say that actually show I need to grow more in my character. Okay, let's be clear on that. But you get the point. Endurance produces character. It makes us deeper, makes us stronger in the Lord. Uh, hopefully, we become we, we manifest more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit there in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, self-control. We see all those. That's our character. That's our character. And so when we endure through the sufferings, sufferings will produce endurance. Endurance is what produces our character. Going through that time of suffering and coming out on the other side. And then notice what Paul says, and character produces hope. 
Now, this hope is different than the hope Paul just mentioned uh, earlier. The hope he mentioned earlier, and he was specific about that, he said it's the hope of the glory of God. It's the hope that will come in the future that God is going to fulfill all his promises and the like. This hope is different. This hope is a hope for a better future in this life. This hope is a hope that we will get through the season of suffering, that we'll have endurance, we'll get to the character that we need, and then we will be able to go on from strength to strength as God is deepening our character. If you have strong character, then you have a hope that nothing in this world can defeat you, that nothing in this world can destroy you, that nothing in this world can set you back, that even if you die, you'll come out ahead because you have character that produces hope, and that hope is what we need to engage in the world. I wouldn't, I'd be stupid to preach a single sermon if I wasn't preaching in the hope that the people who hear me got stronger and developed in their character. I'm saying, yeah, sometimes my sermons are going through suffering. Uh, for you, not for me. Uh, but I, it would be foolish of me to preach if I didn't have hope that there was going to be a better outcome. How do I have hope that there's going to be a better outcome? Because I've seen as I have gone through suffering, as I have endured with people, as God has deepened my character, I have seen time after time after time how people who are exposed to the Word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit change and become more mature as Christians. Why would I share the gospel with a single human being? Why would I tell my hairdresser that I so desperately need to see right now, uh, uh, that uh, try to tell him about Jesus, if I didn't have the hope that he might respond one day and give his life to Jesus Christ? How do I get that hope? I don't get that hope simply because I believe in the power of God, although that's part of it. I get that hope because my character has been deepened as I've gone through suffering, as I've endured, and as I've allowed that to produce character. And the hope arises out of my character as much as anything else. And again, it's a character in Jesus Christ because, as Paul goes on to say there, hope does not disappoint us because... God's love has been poured into our hearts in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can know this hope itself. We won't be put to shame. Uh, it will not disappoint us. That doesn't mean that everything is always going to work out as we want it to work out. It doesn't mean that we can suddenly tell God what we want Him to do and expect Him to respond to it. Uh, it's not, it won't disappoint us in that way. Um, it won't disappoint us because that hope will be that God will accomplish everything that God desires in us and through us for the glory of Jesus Christ. And if we're walking with the Lord, if we're you know, embracing the justification that we've already received, the peace with God that we have, standing in His grace, the hope of the glory of God, the love of God poured into our hearts because the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, if we embrace all those things, we know that we have all those things, uh, we know that God can do anything in us and through us for the glory of His Son, Jesus. 
And that's what we're all about here. So uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you are taking us through a process. Lord, I know it's different for each of us. And so I pray as we worship tonight, as we pray, that you'd also speak into our hearts to reveal to us the process that you are using in our lives, the specifics of it. Father, you know, we've talked about generalities here, but I pray that you would speak specifically to each person listening to this uh, on uh, here Zoom or they hear the recording, that you'd speak to them specifically about the process you're using in their lives, the particulars of it, so that they might cooperate with that process and that you would give them the confidence, the faith in their justification, their peace, relationship peace with you, the grace in which they stand, the hope of their, the glory of God being revealed in their lives as Jesus comes again, and the experience of God's love, your love poured out in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. We love you and we praise you. Now I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd continue with us as we continue to pray and worship. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.